Hey, Stephanie, and uh, yeah, we're trying to get into that routine of uh, the Sunday morning uh, uh, music, then using that again the following Sunday night, and uh, so I'm starting to get getting used to the cadence of that, uh, and it's a good idea, and uh, implementing that uh, along the way. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, about church membership, and uh, you know, I'm one that uh, I, I like to know why I'm doing something. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, 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 I think it's okay to ask why. You know, sometimes with, with, with kids, we're kind of hard on them, you know, if they ask why. But maybe they just really want to know. Right? And if, and if it's something that can be explained, why not explain it to them? Because I, I would rather with a young person that they know, you know, why they're doing something. Because that's ultimately going to help them. You know, if they can see why... You know, if they're, not, if they're not just using that as an excuse to disobey, why? You know, that's just a whiny thing, and I'd probably just say, you know, don't whine at me. Um, but if they, if they ask why, you know, that's, I think that's an excellent question, right? Uh, because God, God tells us a lot about why on things. And, uh, you know, he, he, he made us to, to be able to understand the why. Uh, not just, he gave us not just the what, but the how and the why. And I appreciate that about God. And so just being a, a part of different uh, local churches uh, throughout the years, you know, I've noticed that just different churches, you know, uh, do things maybe a little differently in and, and, and different respects. And, um, you know, just kind of look and learn a little bit. And, and uh, you know, I know we, we, we have, we have a, a constitution here that, that's set up for certain purposes. Uh, but... Uh, you know, the, high, the highest uh, law in the church is this right here, <laughs> uh, the Bible. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, first and foremost, no matter where we are as Christians, that's what we go by. And any, any other written documents that we have should be um, in strict accordance with this. And if there's anything added to that, it should be, it should be you know, institutional guidelines that are mentioned as such and not, not claiming to be Scripture. Just saying, that, you know, these, these are things, because the Bible does say, do things decently and in order, right? And so, just to be honest, to say these are some things that we're doing um, because you know we want to do things decently and in order. It's not necessarily per se the Bible says exactly this is the only way to do it, uh, but this is the way that we've chosen to do it so that we can keep that general principle of doing things uh, decently and in order. And there's, there's, there's there's a lot to be said uh, for that, but we don't want to be so orderly and so decent that we're you know we 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 just slip into just rank formalism. Uh, you know, let, 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 re, let religion without relationship have the formalism. Uh, we, want, we want something that's vibrant and alive and where people can, can practice their, their, their gifts, where, uh, where, where, you know, the body of Christ is obvious and it's functioning and it's healthy. And, uh, you know, not just something that's mere form and conforming to the letter of something, right? And, uh, you know, I've seen it work both ways. I've seen... Uh, and I'm just speaking experientially here that, um, you know, I like to know why because I've seen, for example, I've seen some that feel great because they're a member of a church, but they're not really involved in anything and, and they're not around half the time, but yet they're members, you know, so uh, they're on the rolls, right? And so then, uh, then there's those that, um, you know, feel like there's some sort of hinder hindrance as far as like what we would call official membership, but yet... They're, you know, they're very faithful. Um, I mean, to look at them, if, 
If I wasn't thinking about the membership role, I would think, you know, there's a vital part of our church right there. You see what I'm saying? So there is, um, there is an aspect of the, of, the, of the spirit of the thing, but, you know, the Bible has, has a lot to say about the church. I'll tell you that much. Um, it doesn't have a lot of the terminology, maybe, that we would think it would have in relation to some things. But in the New Testament, over 100 times, it mentions, well, I think it's 77 times it mentions uh, um, church, the word church, and then another 37 or something like that, it mentions um, churches. Now, when you think if it's churches, plural, if it's churches in the plural, what does that tell you? That there must be something of individual churches, right? Just for the fact that it says churches. That tells you that right off the bat. That it's not just, like one, some people like to say, well, it's just one big kind of undefined universal out there. And I'm just a part of that as I, you know, float through my Christianity wherever I am, in the woods, in the boat, in the, you know, um, tree stand. And, you know, I'm just, I'm a part of the universal church, so it's all good. Uh, the Bible says churches many times. And so there are distinct uh, um, units when it comes to, to defining uh, church biblically. But it also, when it talks about church in the singular, sometimes it's talking about church in a more broad sense. Sometimes it's talking about church in a local sense. It's very obvious. Um, and uh, so let's have a word of prayer. And first, the first thing we're going to do tonight really is just, is just talk about the church. And uh, Because if we understand what the church is, you know, I think, I think membership... It's, it defines itself if you understand what the church is. And, and so, you know, I, I just, I hate for people to get hung up on, on certain uh, um, terminology when most of the time, you know, as Christians, we're understanding what the Bible says. We're on the same page. And, uh, um, you know, the Lord, the Lord will give us uh, uh, wisdom and decisions as far as, uh, as, as, serving, as serving the Lord in the time that we have. Um, with people, with Christians in, in our area. All right, so let's, uh, let's have a word of prayer. Lord, just help us um, with, uh, Lord, these, these, these concepts. And uh, Lord, just thank you for the church. Thank you that it's blood-bought. Thank you for this, that it's your vision and your design and that we have the privilege of being a part of it. You know, thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, one of the things, you know, as I studied the, the Bible more, and, and especially as a pastor, uh, I started thinking about the, uh, the phrase that we use, I'm going to church. That's kind of a strange phrase when you think of it. I'm going to church. Because that makes it sound like, you know, this structure is the church. And uh, a lot of times we refer to it as the church, don't we? But that's not really a, a New Testament church uh, way to use that, that, that term. Um, you know, some people think of, well, that's a church right there, and they point to a building. Uh, you know, if that building sits there week after week with nobody in it, that's not a church. It's just a structure, okay? This is a place of assembly and a place of, uh, to, to help people uh, be more Christ-like and to minister to people. Some people say it's a hospital, and, uh, you know, that may be true. We're thinking of the fact that, uh, you know, that we're, you know, Jesus said he came, to, he came for those that realized they were sick, right? And, and uh, you know, that those that aren't sick, they don't feel like they need a doctor. So, you know, the needy come here, and, and even as, as saved, 
you know, individuals, we're, we're, we're totally taken care of, but we still struggle with some things, and we're still working through some things. And so we can look at this as a, as a hospital, uh, but we also look at it as a, as a training grounds. Um, we look at it as a place of, of Christian fellowship and teamwork and many aspects that, that go into that. So what is a church? Is a church a building? Um, is it a place where believers gather to worship? Uh, is the church just the people? Um, is it believers who follow Christ? And uh, I believe that how we understand and perceive the church is an important factor when determining how we live out our Christianity and how that works exactly. Because, you know, I'd be surprised how many people I talk to, and I believe that they're born-again Christians. They give a testimony of salvation by grace through faith, but they're not, a, they're not attached in any way, shape, or form to, to a local assembly. And they don't seem to have any interest in that. And uh, you start to delve into that a little further, and, you know, they have a story usually about, well, I tried that, and, you know, um, you know people were uh, hard to deal with, and, and uh, they messed with me and my family, and, you know, they got a story about somehow how that was a bad situation, and they just gave up on it. And I don't, I don't uh, you know, I don't argue with their story. I mean, they got a story, and I, and I believe them. Uh, but I, what I would argue with is that still it's God's vision. <laughs> and by God's definition... Uh, we need to trust his plan, and we need to trust his way of doing things. It's kind of like some people giving up on the family. You know, marriages, you know, they don't work half the time, you know, so we're just going to do whatever we want to define as a family. Um, we still don't want to give up on God's design for things, right? He made it a certain way because that's the way that he wanted it to be, and that's what, what works for his glory. And uh, we're just so, so quick to, to uh, you know, to throw out the meat with the bone a lot of times. And when, you know, Christians need to... to to take part of God's grace to be, stay with his plan. And his plan is uh, for, for, for corporate uh, uh, teamwork. And so um, the church is a New Testament concept. And actually, the first uh, person in the New Testament that we see that talked about the church was Jesus. And uh, so let's look at, at uh, Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. He started talking about the church. He's talking to his followers, and, and uh, he started uh, referring to, to this thing called the church. And it must have meant something to them. Um, you know, the terminology that he used, they must have had some sort of understanding of what he was saying in context, because it seems to have come across, and they didn't really question it a lot, but... It says in Matthew 16, verses 16 to 18, uh, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, you know, saying, that's a bedrock statement right there. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. You just made a very spiritual, uh, God-given statement there. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter. That's like saying, you know, like a, like a little stone. And, a, but a, and upon this rock, it's almost like a boulder, bedrock, foundation, I will build my church, and the gates of hell uh, will not prevail against it. And so Jesus is talking about building his church here. And obviously he's not talking about just the church at Jerusalem. You know, he's not just talking about, you know, like one particular uh, local church. He's talking about the church, Right? And so he's talking really in broad terms here. And uh, he's saying, look, I'm going to build 
Does that seem that I'm calling the church, I'm going to build it upon that statement that you just made right there, upon the truths of what you just proclaimed. The fact that I am the Christ, the anointed one, uh, the Messiah, the son of the living God. There's a living God, and he has an anointed one. He has, he has someone that you know, he's going to work through to, to uh, uh, perpetuate his plan. And so um, Jesus was the first one to, to talk about the church. And then if we go to Matthew chapter 18... A little ways down the road there, Matthew 18. Pick it up in verse 15. Matthew 18, verse 15. It says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee. Do you think that, that, you think that Jesus knew that there was going to be conflict in the church? <laughs> you know, the second time he talks about the church, he's already talking about you know, some conflict here. Um, and so he doesn't say, If you have a bad experience at the church, just quit and don't look back. You know, just go worship in the woods. Um, go worship in your rowboat. Go worship in your tree stand. Go worship, you know, um, in your living room. He doesn't say that. He says, look, there's going to be conflict. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass thee, go and tell him his fall between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Sometimes, you know, the Bible talks about just overlooking uh, a fault, you know. It's, it's like it just... It, I had to decide whether I even want to take this step. Like, if I, if I went every time, you know, I felt like somebody didn't see eye to eye with me, if I went to them, and, you know, that's all you'd be doing your whole life, you know, just going for this, that, and the other, and feeling like you're having to just always, you know, stomp out little things. But if there is a trespass there, if you feel like, you know, this person has, um, they have wronged you in the sight of the Lord, uh, you know, then go, go and, and deal with that. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. And that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? To be able to gain, to gain, uh, gain uh, uh, the relationship back. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more. Then the mouth of two or three witnesses everywhere shall be established. And if he uh, shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. Okay? Now, obviously here, you know, Jesus isn't talking about, you know, the, the broad concept of the church. I mean, how, how would you do that? And so can you see that Jesus is talking, the first time he talks about the church, he's talking about it in a broad sense. And here he's obviously talking about the local manifestation of that. It has to be, right? Jesus spoke about, you know, kind of the worldwide church. And I don't, I don't really like the terminology, really, universal church. Uh, for some reason, I can't even put my finger on it. It kind of makes me nervous. <laughs> Just like... Um, uh, but, you know, worldwide, uh, yeah, I can understand that, you know, there's a broad concept here that Jesus had for, for his church throughout the world. But then, you know, when he's talking about dealing with some conflict here, he says, you know, if it gets to that point, maybe you have to go and tell it to, to, to the church. This is like, it has to be something, you know, more local that has to do where there has a relationship with those involved, you see. And uh, it, it says, uh, 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 tell it unto the church, verse 17, but if you neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen uh, man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall also be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Again I say unto you, that if two or, or of you shall agree on earth, as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. And then it says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And that, and that sounds, okay, what he's saying there is, you've got, the, you got, you got the beginnings of a church right there. Uh, even if there's a small group and you have to deal with the matter. You know, you do, you do that within that group where you have these relationships. And so, 
you know, you're talking about some, something that's, you know, that God would be interested in. Um, you know, let's not, let's not pretend that God is on our side on every little petty thing that we have a problem with, you know. Um, you know, God's not on my side. He's not on your side. He's, he's just, you know, God has, God has a, he has a big picture view of what his plan is for the gospel, for the ages throughout the world. And that's what we need to be focused on, the Lord Jesus Christ. But within that context, you know, if the Bible is clear about something, that uh, there has been a trespass amongst a brother, that before, you know, not only you, but before the Lord, you know that that's an issue. Then God says, I have a prescribed way within the church, you know, context, for you to gain that brother back and to, to deal um, with that thing. And uh, so Jesus uh, taught about the church in the broad sense and um, obviously as well in the more specific the local manifestation uh, of that. You know, the church definition in the New Testament, if you look at the word ecclesia, it's a, um, it's a word, like I said, that's used a number uh, many times. And uh, um, it's formed by uh, two words meaning an assembly and to call out. So it's like the called out ones. Uh, the Bible says, come ye out from among them and be ye separate, right? And, and so through... The work of Jesus Christ, what does he want to do? He wants to, to draw unto himself uh, a, a people that, that, that believe, that are saved by grace through faith, and they want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. They want to follow his commission. They want to live in belief that he is, you know, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Um, they want to serve him in every way that they can. And uh, they want to find people in their community, in their area, and their locale to team up with uh, to accomplish that and put themselves under teaching and, and, and you know, uh, submit themselves to preaching and, and to, uh, to, to decide together on, on some, some things that we can, you know, that can be done for the glory of God. And so um, that's the, the, the term that is used there. And so the New Testament church is a body of believers that's been called out from the world by God to live as his people under the authority of Jesus Christ, really. And then under the headship of Jesus Christ, the authority of how he set that up with the structure that he, that he clearly gave. Um, and so there is, there is a clear structure, and then within that structure, you know, churches, I think, have some leeway as to how to kind of put things together within that framework, not going outside of the framework that God already put. Does that make sense? All right? And what happens is people start going outside of that framework, and then that's where you get cults from. That's where you get weird uh, things that you know go all over the place, and uh, and just uh, just hurt hurt the name of Christ if they're involved, involving the name of Jesus uh, in that. Um, let's go to Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter one. We're just defining the church, and uh, you know we use the term church, and 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 obviously you know we say we're a part of church, and church is obviously important to you because you're you're here. Um, and uh, just having a biblical understanding of that. <clears throat> so Ephesians 1, uh, 22 and 23 says, uh, And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filled, uh, filleth all in all. And so there you see it's talking about uh, Jesus Christ. It's talking about um, the fact that he is over all things uh, to the church. And uh, 
um, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth uh, all in all. So thinking of the church as the, as the body of, of Christ there uh, as well, a, gr- a group of believers, the body of Christ. And, uh, you know, this began um, in, in Acts chapter 2 uh, at, at Pentecost there. If we go to Acts chapter 2, go over to Acts chapter 2, and it really helps me a lot, you know, when I just get back into my mind that the, the church is, belongs to Jesus, and it's his, it's bought by him. Um, I don't have to feel like I have to have ownership and, and you know, hyper control over that. Um, I just have to, I have to be conscientious to, to play my part under his headship, to just be submitted to him. And as I'm submitted to him, you know, then that really, it totally takes the pressure off. It just, it just, it frees us up, as it were, just to serve Him, and uh, and to to just trust that He's going to keep working through it. And yeah, there's bumps in the road, and and there's there, you know, there, there's there's things to overcome. But through it all, Jesus is the head, and uh, you know, it all goes back to Him, and He's the reason why. And if I just keep that perspective, I keep my eyes on that, you know, looking unto Jesus. I just keep my eyes on that. Uh, and, and some of you are, are testimonies of that. I mean, even, even in this church, uh, thick and thin, <laughs> through all kinds of, I guess, uh, different situations, and I don't even probably know the half of And uh, I don't even know if I'd want to know the half of it at this point. Um, but just, you know, that, that, that you've, you've, kept, you've kept your eyes on, on Jesus, and, and you've said, you know, well, I'm still going to keep, keep, uh, hold out hope and, and, and trust the plan and be a part of it. Um, in this area where God uh, has put me. And uh, so over the years, I mean, you know, see just all the different people that come through and, and uh, you know, some, some families, uh, some remnants of them still here, some, you know, not. And, I mean, the, 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 uh, the faces, you know, differ. Uh, but through it all, Jesus has done a work, hasn't he? There's been a continu- uh, just a continuation of his work through it all. And... So uh, we praise the Lord uh, for that. Because he promised, I will build my church. I will build my church. And so we, we trust that. We proceed with that expectation in relation uh, to that. But here in Acts chapter 2, uh, let's pick it up in just uh, verse 1 there. It says, it just, uh, says uh, the former treatise have I made, O Theophilus. Oh, sorry, I want uh, chapter 2. That's what was throwing me off. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And I, you know that, that you know the noise of wind, right? So it's like it's like almost like it could be sort of like this this roar. It almost sounds like a train coming through. And uh, this suddenly happened, and it filled all the house wherein they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set upon each, each of them. That's a strange combination. That's a supernatural combination right there. Uh, because if you have a flame of, of fire with a roaring wind, what usually happens? That fire goes out. But here you had, you know, as a roaring wind, and then you had the flames of fire over each one as well. Uh, so this was, uh, was obviously, uh, you know, uh, very, very, uh, uh, it was supernatural. It was, it, was, it was God just putting his, 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 uh, um, 
his working all over that, so it would be obvious that, that he was doing something. And, uh, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, with the, with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And you know what he was doing? He was warming up a gospel choir here. <laughs> it wasn't like, you know, God just thought it would be real interesting if I just got them all to speak in different languages and they were just, you know, carrying on with that. And that would just be, you know, that would be amusing. You know, God, God knew that this was going to be a great gathering time in Jerusalem, that there was going to be many, many people that were coming that spoke different languages, and that this was going to springboard his church into existence. And how is that going to be done? By everybody in their own language being able to understand the gospel and hear the gospel and hear the recipe for the church. That's what he's doing. And so he's, uh, he's catapulting this, as it were, uh, into, into existence. And they, uh, they begin to speak other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. So you see, I mean, every nation, right? All these different uh, um, nationalities and languages. Now when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And so they're all speaking, and the preaching hasn't even started yet. Right? And they're all speaking these different languages, and there was just enough, you know, people there evidently, um, they, they were gathered under this influence of the Holy Spirit so that the languages were all covered that were there. Because everybody heard, everybody heard it in their own language. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's remarkable. And they were amazed and, and marveled. They thought it was remarkable too. Saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue uh, wherein we were born? And so God uses this special manifestation here of miraculous power. And it seems like he especially does that sort of thing when there's people that, don't, that haven't heard the gospel before and maybe don't have, you know, like today, especially if they don't have the Bible in their own language. You know, he'll do something special to get the message uh, to them, to give them, to give them light. And, and certainly that was what was going on uh, here. And so on the day of, of Pentecost, as we call it, uh, through the work of the Holy Spirit, like we sang about tonight, um, God continued some, uh, started something that will continue from that day uh, until what we call the, the rapture. And again, you know, these are uh, many times with the terminology we use, they represent concepts. And we know there is going to be this, this kind of this snatching out and meeting, meeting with him, you know, in, in the air. And, and, uh, and, 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 and in the book, you have, you have uh, in, in, in Revelation, you have in chapters 2 and 3, you have seven local churches that are used as examples of churches throughout the ages and, and the church age. And then at the beginning of, of chapter 4, um, you have John talking about, um, you know, how he was transported through space and time, you know, he heard a trumpet. And it's almost like, you know, he was taken to that time where the trumpet call comes and he, you know, and he is... Uh, he, he ascends, and then he sees some things that are going to transpire after that. Um, he was taken you know, through space and time to that time to be given disclosure uh, of those things. Pretty remarkable. And then, but then you don't, you don't hear about uh, you know, the church after that. It's all the church, the church, the church, the church, the church, the first few chapters of Revelation. And then you, you have uh, John taken to that time. And then after that, it's all these events after the church has, 
uh, evidently been taken out. And how God, you know, goes through the evicting judgments, and He still has a witness in various forms. Uh, you know, the witnesses and the and the angels, and and then there's people that are saved. 144,000 went in this revival, and and then this extreme persecution. All those things that go on, you know, after the that church age comes to an end. But right now, you know, we're smack dab somewhere right in that time uh, between uh, you know what we've already seen in Pentecost and what we live waiting for. Uh, and every day, it seems like that's a better idea. <laughs> uh, what we call the rapture, you know, just going and meeting, meeting, uh, meeting the Lord so he can just take care of the rest of the business while we're celebrating um, as the bride of Christ. And, and speaking of the bride of Christ, you know, that's, uh, that's what we're a part of as well. Um, the church local versus the worldwide, as it were, you know, bride, a bride of Christ. Uh, the local church is defined as a local assembly of believers or a congregation that meets together uh, physically um, for what we guess we call uh, an extension of the worship in our individual lives. And so how does it work? You're worshiping the Lord in your life. You continue that by coming and getting, getting together with others who, who um, you know, uh, theoretically are worshiping the Lord in their personal lives as well. And then we continue together for a time um, to worship the Lord. And if you're, if you're intently listening and paying attention to his word right now, that's an act of worship. That's from your heart to the Lord saying, I'm going to give you my time and my attention that you are due, your word is due, I'm going to give you my time, my attention, I'm going to be a hearer, and I'm going to be a doer. And that's worship. It, it really is. Anything that you do out of a heart, according to God's truth for him, um, is worship. And so uh, we're talking about you know, worship, what we call fellowship, teamwork. Uh, Paul said, let's go to Philippians chapter 1. Let's go to Philippians chapter 1. And this is obviously here, Philippians chapter 1, a local church, and we'll end. Uh, we'll end here for tonight. There's just several messages on this as we, as we work towards just uh, kind of putting everything together. Um, and I think what we're going to find out. I'll just give you a little, a little foretaste of where we're heading here. I think what we're going to find out is that, that, ooh, that, um, that my Bible's falling apart. Um, Philippians chapter one. What we're going to find out is that. You know, if we're going to use the terminology strictly scripturally, that membership, membership happens more, strictly speaking, membership happens when we're saved as far as in the broad sense of what we become a part of. And then commitment is more how we tend to use membership when it comes to a local church. I think that's kind of what we're going to find out. And then, you know, what, what might that look like? Uh, and, uh, and, and again, you know, um, this, isn't, this isn't meant to, to uh, in any way pin anybody down or to say, you know, where you're at and all this or anything like that. But it's just to be in, informational uh, to say, hey, let's, let's rejoice together in what we're a part of and let's continue with that vision and let's always be asking the Lord, you know, um, how do I fit into this, Lord? What do you have for me? And how can I be a part of, uh, of, of your, your, uh, your plan as you designed it? And so in Philippians uh, 1, 1, it says, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints, set apart ones, in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops or the overseers, call them pastors, and deacons. 
Grace be unto you, peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, making requests with joy. He says this, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. When I think of you there as a group of believers, I thank the Lord for you. You know what I especially thank the Lord for? That you're good teammates with one another for the gospel. You're good teammates. You're teaming up. Fellowship means uh, uh, cooperation or teamwork. That you're teaming up together for the gospel cause. And you're keeping your eye on the ball. And uh, you're saying, you know, these are the, these are the saints, the set-apart ones. Uh, these are the believers that God has put together with us that we're meant to work together with, to team up with, in order to, uh, to serve the Lord uh, together. And, uh, you know, so we talk about teamwork giving, and we talk about, you know, uh, corporate prayer, coming together as a team for prayer. And, and uh, uh, we talk about, you know, um, getting the gospel out as a team and missions as a team and, and all those things. Um, what is that? This fellowship in the gospel. And the structure of the, of the churches is that you have, um, you have these Christians that are in another place. And we know that Timothy ended up being a pastor, so he was a part of church, but a different local church. And then they're writing to this, this church there in, in Philippi that's made up of what? Of believers. And amongst those believers, you have, these, you have some that are overseers and you have some that are deacons. And that's, that gives you just an idea of uh, how, how the church was set up there, and they're recognizing that as being, as being legitimate, all right? And so uh, this is just, just hopefully that, that uh, just reminds you of some things or just solidifies some things or just, uh, you know, uh, confirms uh, with you. Uh, what you see is, is what is the church. Now, I'm going to read a bunch of passages next time going back and forth. You're going to be able to see, okay, in context, that's a local church right there. In context, that's the church in the broader sense. Um, as a believer, well, I'm already, you know, uh, just by the way that, that God set it up, I'm a member of, of, you know, the church in a broad sense if I'm, if I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, if I'm saved by grace through faith. Uh, but then, you know, what, what, how does this whole thing about a local church work? And I want to honor him in that way since I'm a, you know, a member of... of uh, and so we'll, we'll, we'll fine-tune that a bit, and then we'll just uh, have some encouraging conclusions um, that have to do with, you know, just, just, just personally uh, saying, wow, you know, uh, I'm just, uh, it's, uh, it's such a privilege for me to be able to serve the Lord. It's such a privilege for me to be able to, to have a local church. You know what church planters do? They go to places that don't even have a local church, you know, and they find a place that just needs a local church. You have all these people, and uh, it's called a church plant, and, and what, are they, what are they looking to do? Just, okay, let's, 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 uh, let's fulfill the Great Commission. Let's give the gospel. Let's see if people respond to that. As they respond to that, let's, let's train them. And uh, they'll, be, you know, they'll be added to this local church here. Uh, and, and they'll make a commitment here that we can continue to work together to build this. And then, you know, ideally what you have is, because organisms reproduce after their own kind, right? So what you do is you have then a church giving birth to another church. And that church giving birth to another church. Um, I was thinking about that more today, you know, uh, praying towards that vision. Um, is our church here, wouldn't it be great if we, you know, were able through our church to plant another church? And a lot of times churches don't, they don't want to do that because they're thinking, well, um, you know, that's going to weaken us because we're going to have to, 
then there's going to have to be someone who goes out from here. We hate to lose that family or maybe a couple going with them to help them out. But that's, you know, God honors his plan. And we can trust him for that. And so if God were to choose the world, wouldn't that be great? If we were to, you know, find a community in, in, in Maine or some, somewhere in the region here that needed a good church, and God would use us maybe to, you know, to reproduce after our own kind and, and to, to plant a church together, yeah, that'd, be, that'd be great. Don't you think? Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. Who knows what the Lord's planning uh, for us, but I know he's got a plan, and we're going to stick with it, and, and uh, he's going to lead us in a, in a lot of exciting things. Um, because that's what he's interested in. All right, so we'll build on that a little bit uh, next time. I do appreciate your kind attention uh, uh, tonight.